2: Fox's World Cup coverage starts on Sunday, November 20th, and they have already released their World Cup commentary pairs, and that includes none other than U.S. Men's National Team legend Landon Donovan. So today, I have the honor and privilege of being joined by Landon Donovan. So, Landon, how are you doing today, and how's that World Cup preparation going?
1: Good to see you, Kyle. Uh, I'm really excited. I've been writing my notes down. I've got started packing. It's like a four-day packing process when you're going to be gone for a month in a foreign country, so getting most of that done, but mostly just excited and trying to keep up now with all the rosters being released, uh, learning pronunciations, (laughs) that kind of stuff, so it's been fun. Yeah, and a lot of
2: what we do here at World Soccer Talk is about commentary and about commentator pairs, and a lot of our readers know a lot about that, and in your regard, you're relatively new to this, especially when looking at Fox's uh, whole lineup, which features names like uh, Derek Ray and as you're working with Ian dark. So talk to me about what that preparation is like. I'm curious, can you draw any uh, experience that you had as a player that can, you can apply to your commentator pairs or is it a totally different ball game now that you're preparing for the world cup?
1: That's a good question. Yeah, there is a lot. Um, Ultimately you're performing right. And you're performing live, right? So you, you need to be prepared just like you do in anything in life, but even more so. And for me, I played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of soccer games. I knew how to prepare. I knew what to expect from a broadcasting standpoint. I am still relatively relatively new at this. So the, the crucial thing for me is in preparation. If I prepare well, I'll perform well. And so I'm trying, I'm trying to get as much done now so that when I get there, everything is natural. Now being with Ian Dark is such a blessing because he's so good at what he does. We had the opportunity to call a couple of practice matches and he just makes it easy so that I can just speak about what I'm seeing on the field, which is what I'm good at. But I do want to make sure I have, I leave no stone unturned and that I'm really, really prepared going in so that uh, there's no hiccups.
2: In regards to Ian Dark, for so many of us, uh, U.S. men's national team fans, He holds a special place, and that's largely because of you. I think when we think of our best U.S. men's national team memory, a lot of our first thought is Landon Donovan's goal against Algeria in the 2010 World Cup. And a lot of us tie in his call, that goal, goal, USA, with your goal so i'm curious as a player do you ever look back on that and hear his commentary or maybe in the moment you heard it and you uh you enjoyed it maybe i'm I'm curious if ian dark's call of that goal holds any special place in your heart as a player that scored that goal
1: yeah unquestionably and when i i saw and met ian um, i think i had met him before but when i saw him a few months back when we were doing practice matches I was excited to see him because of that. But I think for him, he's done so many calls and so many, it was kind of like, I don't even know if he remembered. Um, I mean, he did, but n- you know, not, not the way that I remembered it. So it's exciting to get to work with him. I've just been a big fan forever of his work. Having someone that iconic call a goal that meant so much to me is really special. It, makes, it actually makes the goal even better than if it was somebody that was, you know, brand new and no one had ever heard of. So I was I'm really proud that he was able to experience that, too. So going from your playing
2: days and then now moving more into the broadcasters role, a lot of co-commentators such as yourself are former players. And that's due to the fact that they can provide a new analysis or things that us normal people don't have the opportunity to see. So your experience as a former player, what does that provide for you uh, in commentating games?
1: So good question, but actually that combined with the last three years I've coached. And so those two combined have led to a crazy understanding of the way the game works that I didn't have when I was just coming at this as a player. So as a player, I understand very clearly individuals, individual moments, um, you know, things that happen within the context of a team, but through an individual's eyes. But now I can look at it through a coach's eyes. So I can actually see what a team is trying to do as a whole on the field versus, you know, Messi gets the ball and dribbles by three people. And that's helped me tremendously. Also, when substitutions are made, in-game adjustments, those kind of things from a coaching lens have helped me a lot. Now, as a player, I know what every one of those players is going through when they're on the field. I played in three World Cups. I know what the emotions are. I know technically what they're trying to do, tactically what they're trying to do. And so hopefully I can speak to the audience in a way that gets inside their mind a little bit, helps people understand what they're trying to do individually and then collectively as a team, and bring that all together in a way that provides real insight to people that wouldn't otherwise have it. Really quickly, Landon, you talked about you played
2: in three World Cups, and going back to 2002, you won FIFA's best young player at a World Cup. And we look at the World Cup this year for the U.S. men's national team in particular. So many young players, and almost everybody's making their World Cup debut. What kind of experience is that going to be like for them as players when they're going to a foreign country with players that they've played with? But it's a whole new experience, isn't it, going and playing in the biggest sporting event in the world?
1: There are two sides. One, there's you just want them to enjoy it. Because I I was unique in that myself and DeMarcus Beasley were by a long way the youngest players on the team in 2002 when we first played in the World Cup. And we had a lot of veteran leaders who had either been to World Cups or been in big games all over the world. And that helped us relax and just play carefree. We weren't responsible for the results. We weren't responsible for being leaders. We could just go and play. So my hope is with this group that first and foremost, they just enjoy it. Go there and enjoy it and enjoy the experience. And oh, by the way, when young players do that, they perform well. So what I'm I'm hoping we don't see is some of the older guys. You know, Christian Pulisic was on the field in Cuba in 2018 when we didn't qualify for the World Cup. And I don't want him to come into this tournament so worried about being responsible for anything that happened in the past or being responsible to to make every play and do everything. If they just play in the context of the team, they're good enough to advance out of the group. And I think we have a good chance to do so if, if, if we're able to just play carefree. I think Greg's done a really good job with this young group of letting them play that way. And when we do, we're very successful.
2: Now, Landon, going back to your uh, work in the commentator's booth, you already mentioned at the very beginning how you're preparing for these games. What does that consist of? Outside of learning, uh, you know, squads and name and pronunciations, I know is so important for a lot of commentators, what other things are you looking for in terms of maybe tactics or, or past games, histories, rivalries even? What kind of things are in your preparation notes for these World Cup
1: teams? So a few of the things, you know, I, I could get into a million things here, but a few things are... Groups of players that have played together for their national team. So that means if, you know, we're playing Iran or Wales, if they've played the same lineup for eight or nine or 10 or 11 or 12 straight games or close to the same lineup, that is intriguing to me because that's a team coming into a World Cup where you have very little time to prepare. That's a team that is much better suited to succeed, right? If you were Wales coming into this tournament, in your last five matches, you mix and match players all over the place. And now you only have a week of preparation, no friendly matches. How's that going to impact teams? So that's one. Uh, I use a, we use a, a website in San Diego Loyal called Drib Lab, which gives us really, really detailed data on individual players. So that will be helpful to me that I can really understand what a player is, not just what I see with my eyes, but statistically and data wise, what they are as a player on the field. Also just going back and watching lots of matches. So watching Iran play in Asian qualifying, watching Wales, you know, the Wales Ukraine game again, to see what they look like Uh, watching, you know, I, I covered the England Germany game with Ian dark, uh, not on live TV, but just as a practice. So going back and watching that game again and seeing what they look like, there's no substitute for watching it and seeing what it looks like.
2: Now, Landon, I'd love to ask you what games you're actually commentating at the World Cup. I know Fox has not released that information, so I'll ask you this. What teams are you really looking forward to watching? And then I can't say commentating because obviously that information is not yet known, but really what teams in particular are catching your eye as teams that could make a serious impact at the World Cup?
1: One um, I'm really intrigued by is Canada. Canada are very, very talented. Um, full disclosure, I'm half Canadian, so I am <laughs> rooting for them too. Um, very, very talented team, but haven't been on this stage, right? None of these players have been on this stage. So that will be really interesting to watch. The other teams I'm really curious to watch are the Middle Eastern teams. So Iran, Saudi Arabia, uh, Qatar. Because of the uniqueness of this tournament, the heat element, um, but then the proximity of those countries to Qatar. So Iran is just across the Gulf. So how many Persians are gonna come across the Gulf and fill the stadiums, including against the US in a, by the way, a politically charged game. How many Saudi Arabians Arabians are gonna cross the border to see them play Messi, play Mexico, I believe Poland's the other team in their group. Mm -hmm. That will be really interesting to see, right? If if it's 60,000 Saudis in a stadium, you're playing argentina that is an advantage there's no question so those aren't you know sexy teams that people think are going to make a long run but i'm just curious to see how in a middle eastern world cup those kind of things are are impacted because it's the first time in the history of the sport that this has happened
2: it is interesting to see how uh, proximity to nations plays a big difference look at 2014 uh, argentina colombia both making deep runs in that tournament uh, 2010 even ghana as you as you know, going to the quarterfinals that year, it's uh it's something to keep in mind. So I wanna ask you about these practice games, because you've already mentioned them a couple of times, working with Ian Dark, practicing for the World Cup. Is that just sitting down in a booth and watching a game and commentating it as if you were actually there or or is it more like highlights, getting things down in terms of, you know, linking up with Ian Dark? Just tell me about that process.
1: No, it was literally that. Um, just meeting up in LA at the Fox Studios and while the game was going on, I think maybe Stu and John were calling the game or somebody was actually calling the game live on Fox, um, just sitting in a back room and calling it with the producer and, and working through kinks. Um, again, it was so seamless for me because Ian is so good. It took me about 10 minutes to kind of get back into what the rhythm of it was like, but then it was easy. And when you, know, when you have a play-by-play person that good and that skilled, Uh, it was it was really easy for me to find my way quickly so as a broadcaster
2: what things are you most excited about and what things are you most nervous about because everyone knows though you're a player and you've had this experience at a world cup as a player but what are the challenges or things you're looking forward to about commentating at a world cup
1: i'm excited to see the country excited to see the stadia i um, excited to be there and watch world cup matches live this is the first time since 94 that I will get to watch a world cup match live. Um, so that part of it, I'm really excited. What I'm nervous about is if things don't go well for our national team, um, how do you cover that in an honest way in a critical way, but, you know, also caring and wanting your team to do well, right. And not, you know, not coming across as It's just someone who wants their team to do well, but also being critical. So that part will be challenging. I'm going to try to toe that line as much as possible, but um, mostly I'm just really excited for it. Gotcha. And I'll wrap up with this. You said it's about three or four days
2: packing just to go to the World Cup. I know you have a new deal with with auto traders. I wonder if you could uh, tell me about that and how maybe they're helping you uh, get all set for the World Cup.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, Well, as you probably know, when you're leaving for a tournament like this, there's a lot there's a lot to do. Uh, one of the things I, I asked my wife to please get done was sell it, we have an old 2008 BMW. Um, well, it was her parents' car, but to sell it before we left so we could just knock that off the list. She said, sure, uh, our friends at Auto Trader helped us. She went on their website, sold it quickly, got rid of that. Um, of course, the problem then was that she spent an hour on the website <laughs> trying to convince me that we needed a new car. I told her we don't need a new car. Um, so for now I won that part of the battle, but I wouldn't be surprised if when I get home that she hasn't bought a new car on auto trader. So let's hope, uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. (laughs) And, uh,
2: Landon, my last question for you, you already kind of mentioned it. A lot of it, a lot of your enjoyment comes down to how well the U S actually does. Uh, I just want to ask you really quickly, I've asked anybody I've talked about the World Cup, does the US make it out of their group? I know a lot of people saw the roster, saw the squad, and they say, well, you know, we got some tough matches of I want to ask you just yes or no question. Does the US get out of their group with England, Wales, and Iran?
1: Yes. And if the only caveat, if we lose the first match, I think it's really hard. I think we tire when the first match and I would say yes. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. How important the first game of the World Cup is. So And for a young group too, Kyle it's not just the points, it's the momentum, right? So if you win the first match, a young group that starts feeling good about themselves, then it's uh, much more likely.
2: Very true. Well, Landon, like I said, don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing you and Ian Dart. That's a, that's a fun little tandem with some uh, historical plays in mind. So uh, Landon, like I said, I really want to thank you for doing this and
1: look, really looking forward to watching you uh, call games at the World Cup. Thanks, Kyle. My hope is it's a great World Cup for the national team, and then more than that, that my wife didn't buy a new car on Auto Trader by the time I got home. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> Thanks, Landon. Have a great one. Appreciate you. Thanks.